Welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. In this episode, we're going over how to prepare for a sales call, how does confidence play a role in selling, and how you can develop your confidence, how to re react when someone says no to you, and you will watch yours truly. Get exposed and coached by Jen Gittimer. My guest today is Jen Gittimer. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. Good to see you. And we're talking about selling with confidence, which is an important thing. A lot of people lack confidence in sales. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. It's going to be an interesting conversation. Now, um, you know how a lot of people leave, leave money on the table, multiple six or seven figures, because they don't do their follow-ups that they're supposed to? Yes. I have put together a list, a checklist on the blueprint to simple follow-up formula on how to fix your follow-up problem. So if you wanted that, put the word, if you're watching or listening, put the word follow-up as a comment on whichever channel you're watching, and we'll send you the link to download the checklist. Now, let me do the proper introduction to Jan Gittermer, and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation, and I really look forward to this. Jan Gittermer is obsessed with helping service-based professionals, coaches, and entrepreneurs make more money. After selling millions of dollars throughout her 15-plus years career in sales and growing three businesses, she knows exactly what it takes to grow your business from surviving to thriving. Jennifer co-hosts the, the Sell or Die podcast with her husband, Jeff Gittermer, and hosts the Breakthrough Babe podcast herself. She has written a best-selling book called Sales in a New York Minute, containing 212 pages of real-world, easy-to-implement sales strategies. Her mission is to help entrepreneurs create time and financial freedom. In her spare time, you'll find Jen playing tennis or hanging out with her husband, uh, stepdaughter, and Cavalier King Charles' children, and her family. Welcome, Jen. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you. How's your day so far? So far, so good, but even better now that we're hanging out and doing this live. Likewise. Likewise. And where about are you, Jen? Uh, at the moment, I am in outside of Charleston, South Carolina, at one of the beaches here in the low country. Loving it. What's the weather like? Well, today is rainy and gloomy, which makes for a beautiful day on the beach, believe it or not. Uh, so it's not too hot. No, no, it's not. It's like 85 today. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Nice. So let's dive into it. Jen, what is your story? I started selling at the age of five, um, not even realizing that that was selling. I was bored at going to the supermarket every weekend with my grandma. So I would sit outside and make bracelets and then people would start buying them for me. And I learned a really valuable lesson at age five, which was people didn't want my stuff. They wanted their stuff, meaning if I thought blue and pink were really cute together, but they wanted orange and purple because that was their team color, it didn't matter that I thought blue and pink were cute. You know, what mattered was what they thought. 
the customer's perception. And so I learned that at a very young age, you have to sell what they want or what they feel they need. And so people would give me a few dollars and then I'd come back the next week with their bracelet made, ready to go. And um, then just had all this confidence from selling because I, I just, I had this association that if you offer something that someone wants, they'll buy it. And I made that assumption because it happened to me. I had evidence of it. And so I progressed throughout my career. I sold Cutco knives. I worked for an educational software company for six and a half years. I ran a program in my college um, that was very heavily revolved around sales and eventually went out on my own to start my own business, helping salespeople and entrepreneurs all over the world. Because at the company I was with for six and a half years, I was impacting, you know, the 100, 150 people in the sales division. But what I really wanted to do was be able to help millions of people all over. And so then that's when I wrote this book, Sales in a New York Minute, and started my journey into entrepreneurship. And that was 2013. So I've been doing this for quite some time now. Now I see why 212 is there. 212 is the area code for New York, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. So um, that's a very interesting story. Um, selling bracelets at the age of, were you literally five years old and you were making and selling them? Yeah. Like I would set up a little table kind of like you were on the sidewalk or outside the supermarket. <clears throat> and they didn't you like me set up and you just set them all the bracelets and people would buy them like Girl Scouts. But I was young and my grandma would be grocery shopping and I would be making bracelets and selling them. Oh, my. I, you were not shy to do it. You know, I, it's surprising. I was not. People would come over to me and ask me what was going on. And I would say, I can make you a bracelet. Give me money. <laughs> <laughs> was it, you didn't make it like a specific amount? You were just like, give me money? Yeah, I think it was like four or five bucks. I don't really remember. It wasn't like, you know, I wasn't asking for the farm. I was just, you know. Interesting. Because <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been trying to get my, my, my son, who is six years old, to go sell lemonades uh, in, in front of our garage. And he's like, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. So I've been trying to convince him to do it. Um, well, he, but needs, that's a good age to he start. needs a purpose. He needs, yes. If he wants something that you won't give him, but he knows he can get it by making money, he might want to sell that level. Oh, you know what? He wants a PlayStation. I could probably get him to do that. Because he loves, he loves uh, saving money. He has like $600 uh, to his name. And sometimes I'm like, you're richer than I am on some days. <laughs> and... And then, uh, uh, what's it called? But I, I tried to tell him to convince him to go sell so he can make more money. He's like, but I already have $600. I'm like, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to play the uh, PlayStation game and see if I yeah. can get him to sell enough lemonades to go buy a PlayStation. Perfect. Before the summer is over. So, um, <laughs> um, uh, but that, that, that's a great point. Like, to your point give them what they want mm -hmm. and and i think the, the under lesson for me right now is that if the first thing that i offered he didn't want it i could probably go back and make another offer right and for a guy that runs a follow-up business and even ask what do you want right yeah yeah i can ask that's that's a another you know i made another mistake over the weekend with him and that was, we went camping <clears throat> and we were just like half an hour away from our house. And 
I assumed that he wanted his bike. I draw without asking him. I drove back to the house because I saw a bunch of other kids drive riding their bikes. I'm like, he probably wants his bike too. Drove back to the house, took his bike there, and he didn't even care that the bike was there. And I'm like, oh no, I probably should have asked him before driving <laughs> for an hour and a half. I was trying to surprise him, but you know, <laughs> going back to the ask for what they want. Um, yeah. That would be um, that would be useful. <laughs> so, um, what do you do these days, and who do you serve? So, I serve uh, entrepreneurs mostly with service-based businesses, coaches, course creators, um, people selling things online, like uh, services like copywriting, um, photography, that kind of stuff, branding, social media, and I help them make more money. It's really that simple. Um, we look at what's getting in the way of making the money you deserve. And then oftentimes it's money mindset. Sometimes it's sales strategy. Sometimes it's a combination of both. And we really dig in and assess the problem and then go after it. For sure. For sure. Uh, gang, if you're watching or listening to the show right now, feel free to put in any questions or comments that you have about sales and confidence. If you have any questions for Jen or me, Put it in there and we'll do our best to cover your questions. And so um, love what you're doing uh, with respect to sales and helping people make more money. That is, I mean, that's the number one thing that I guess people need these days is to sell more and make more money. That's what we're yes. all in business right now. That's so, right. Let me start with the lack of confidence because that's yeah. what, what we do. Why do you think people – let's start with this. Why do people hate to sell? What's the deal with that? Well, a lot of people have had a negative experience with someone else who sold. And that person that they were interacting with maybe came off as salesy, maybe um, lied about what it is that they were offering. They said something was better than it actually was um, or whatever it may be. And they're taking, they're allowing oftentimes that negative experience that they had with someone else who was maybe not as well-intentioned as they are to impact their outcome. So, you know, um, it, that, it doesn't make sense, right? When you think about it logically, like I had this bad experience when I was 16 with a salesperson in a boutique, but if that meant I never sold again, or then like how many people would I have not been able to impact because I didn't put my offer out there? I think another thing that happens is um, depending on what you're selling, sometimes it's easier to sell someone else's stuff than your own stuff if you're a personal brand business. Because there's a confidence factor when you're a personal brand business that now you're selling yourself, you're selling your name, you're selling your reputation, you're selling the tangible outcomes that you can create for someone else. And you're like, that's, you have to have a lot of confidence in order to, to put it out there. For sure. For sure. Um, I like your comment about like starting with, someone else's products like if, if if you're not comfortable selling your own because it's easier to sell someone else's product especially if if it's established they've got the pricing the packaging the description the whole thing figured out 
they give you the training, you go in there and you, you kind of master the sales skill. And then you go into your own uh, business and do your, um, do your sales like easier and faster. That's the, that's the route that I took, I guess. Yeah. And me too. I think, you know, there's at least when I got older and there's, there's something that there's a key ingredient that plays a direct role into confidence. And that is belief. And so when I was selling Cutco knives and have you ever been sold? Has anyone ever tried to sell you Cutco knives? A lot. Okay. These are the best knives on the planet. I haven't sold them in over two decades. And I still believe that they're the best knives on the planet. They um, are sharper than most knives, which actually means you have less of a chance of hurting yourself because you don't have to, like push really hard. You have more precision with what you're doing. Um, they have a forever guarantee. They'll be around forever. I could give you a million reasons why they're the best in my mind, right? That belief is so deep that two decades later, I'm still telling you that and I make no commission, no money from them whatsoever. So you have to ask yourself, how deep is your belief in your product or service? How deep is your belief in whatever it is you're selling? Because that belief is what gets transferred in every conversation. And it's not something you show up and say, hey, I believe in this thing, so I think you should buy it. That, that belief is there. there's a silent transfer. It either gets transferred because you have that strong belief or it doesn't get transferred. And when it doesn't get transferred, it comes off as though you have no confidence or not a lot of confidence in the product or service. If the confidence isn't there, why would someone buy? Right? So I believe that, I believe that belief is one of the, the key ingredients to beginning to develop that confidence in whatever it is you're selling. Okay. So gang, if you're watching or listening, a question that you could actually write down right now and perhaps answer it today is how deep is my belief in my product or service? Mm -hmm. And to start answering that question and write as much as possible because that one piece is going to drive, the, it's going to be the foundation for your sales and marketing, right? I'm actually going to do this today. So the stuff that I talk about, I'm going to do it today. So um, love You want it. the next level of that? Absolutely. Okay. So the first part is how deep is my belief in my product or service? The second piece is how deep is your belief in yourself? So once you or your company, right? Once you deliver on that product or service, how deep is your belief? Let's say you're going to be their contact person in your ability to serve them or your company's ability to serve them if it's being handed off to someone else, because that's going to play a role in this silent communication transfer as well. And then how much do you believe that the customer is better off having purchased from you. So after they buy, how much do you believe that they're better off? Because that, that's going to make the difference. If you believe that they're better off, then you're going to do everything in your power to help them buy. But if you don't believe that they're going to be better off, <laughs> what's the point? You're, it's going to feel sleazy, salesy, icky, uncomfortable. And that's why people don't sell when they don't believe or don't have that deep belief that the customer is better off. Absolutely. So a couple more questions. How deep is my belief in myself? 
and uh, that could I, I i guess to me it, it could cover a variety of questions about my ability about my mindset about around sales and, and and the rest of it and then how much are they better off after buying from me mm-hmm. so amazing questions they're in the comments below gang grab it copy paste it into a notepad or a word document or whatever you're watching and literally spend some time one hour, two hours a day thinking about this, answering questions, and it's going to make it made if, make a difference. So what's the next step? Let's say that I've answered these questions. And then in my mind, I think that I'm very confident. Only when it comes to picking up the phone, I go, oh, I don't feel it like... <laughs> So you have to ask yourself why, like if you believe that the customer is better off having, you know, I'm, I'm selling this water bottle and I believe that if you have this water bottle, you're going to, you're going to be so much better off. Why would I rob you of the ability to have this water bottle? Because I'm too scared to pick up the phone. Well, maybe because it's really awkward if I don't know you and I'm calling you out of the blue and I'm like, Hey, Mustafa, I want to bother you. And, and, I'm sure you're not busy now doing a hundred million other things, right? Because you were just waiting on my call of this person you don't know. And I want to tell you all about this water bottle. You're going to be like, what? If you even pick up my phone call. And yeah. so the, the point there is I think people get stuck because they have nothing of value to say, or they haven't thought of if I were the potential customer, what would be valuable to them right now? So you can't just like, Pick, in my opinion, you can't just pick up the phone and expect that the other person is going to have any care in the world about what you're offering if you don't have something of value to say. And oftentimes that begins with a, a little gentler of an outreach, perhaps on LinkedIn or somewhere on social media, where you can begin to form that relationship so that when you do pick up the phone, it's not uncomfortable. It's like, they already kind of know who you are because you've been showing yeah. up in their world. Yeah. They'd be like, you're the guy who's been bugging me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> like there is, there is some sort of, they, they, but all the jokes aside, they like, when you do that, um, they know there, there's context for calling. Or if you send them a letter up front, send them a couple of letters. And then a week or two later, you call them. Then you're like, Hey, did you get my message? I'm calling about that. And so. Right. Right. And you want to be perceived as someone who offers value, not someone mm -hmm. who's just calling to check in, calling to sell you something. Right. You want to be perceived as a person of value. And so that means you have to offer things that are valuable. So um, may, maybe I if I'm selling the water bottle then you might need to know about how important drinking water is, what it can do. And, and I know you're a business person. So what it can do for your energy levels throughout the day and how it will help you live longer. I know you're a dad, how it will help you live longer and be with your family more and all the benefits and all the, the things it will help you with. And so I need to find ways to get this information in front of you to offer value that, 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 you know, it may help you in some way. Hmm. Can we have a coaching moment here? Yes, let's do it. All right. So I think 
I could be wrong, that I'm not articulating the benefits of what we do as a as a call center specializing in follow-ups well enough on uh, on, on on my sales calls. Okay. Let me just pull up what I do say so that we can work on it. How about that? Let's do it. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So here's kind of uh, the, 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 the flow that, that, that we, so what I do is I, I ask questions for 15, 20 minutes to understand them on, on a, on a 30 minute call. They talk for 20 minutes. I talk for about 10 or five minutes just to make sure I understand them perfectly. And then I can match to what their problem is and what's going on in their life. Then I go over uh, how the calls could be made to events, existing past customers, all the lead magnets, lost proposals, or different type of campaigns that we do, which is going to result in appointments, referrals, orders and sales, and critical feedback from customers. And then those are going to create recurring revenue, higher profits, happier customers, increasing the lifetime value of the customers. Now, I, I could already see that I'm not clearly stating the benefits. I'm probably mm. doing some already, but I feel that I'm not explaining the benefits well enough. So what are, like, I think, okay, so this goes back to our very conversation in the beginning. It didn't mm -hmm. matter if I liked blue and pink bracelets. What mattered yep. was what colors they wanted on their, on their bracelet, right? Right. So you can have 20 benefits, but what matters is what they care about. In okay. fact, if you list all the benefits, they might, you might lose them because mm -hmm. they only care about this one particular thing. So give yeah. me an example of some, like you talk for the 20 minutes up front about with the client, about what their needs are. Like what's an issue? Give me a specific example um, of a client and, and what they're facing. Specific client, they have a list of about 7,000 people. They don't have a salesperson. Their list is being ignored. And they are trying to generate leads, spending money on new lead gen while totally ignoring their existing leads and the existing list. And they don't have the time, the manpower, and the systems to follow up. Okay. Now, what is the benefit they would get from working with you? Uh, getting appointments. Uh getting referrals, right? We talk mm -hmm. to, to their team and then getting feedback from their existing customers, depending on uh, who we talk to and they could reflect that feedback, whether positive or negative to fix stuff inside their company. Would they also be saving money because they're calling on the existing people now that they've already spent money getting into their sphere? 100%. So I would rather than tell them what these benefits are is I would ask them questions that help them get to the same thought process that helps them uncover that those are the benefits. Like, okay, so Mr. Jones, what's it costing you to have this list of 7,000 people 
and be spending time nurturing them, considering all the, the cost it took to get these leads, um, what, what, what do you think is the overall cost in terms of getting them, nurturing them, but then not truly following up to capitalize on, on the serving them part? What is that costing you in the long run? Like how, how much is each client worth? Is each person on the list worth dollar value? Okay. So if each person is worth, I don't know, let's just say $100, that's $700,000 right there that we have not capitalized on. Right. And, and okay. So it, by investing, I don't know what the cost is. I'm going to make up a number by investing three grand. grand, I was going to say five. Okay, Fuck. so by investing three, would you put three in to make 700000 Well, yes. But you could also put three in to try and get new customers. But what's going to be the point of that if you're not actually getting the people who are on your list <laughs> to buy from you? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's a never-ending cycle. If you constantly put the, the money into getting people on the list, but then you're not putting the money into getting them from the list into – your packages or your offers, well, then what's the point? And now okay. they have to think about it, right? And so you're you're telling the benefits by asking them questions, questions that help them understand what they are. Love it. What's the point of getting new people if you're going to ignore them anyway? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or like... You know, or if you're going to, maybe they don't even think they're ignoring them. Maybe they think they're um, nurturing them by sending the weekly email. But if that weekly email is not resulting into sales, they need a proven follow-up system in order to capitalize on the leads. And then that's where I would bring in a testimonial, like, or some sort of case study. Like we were working with Rebecca and, and she had a similar problem, similar list size, um, similar issue. And here's what her results were. And actually she said, I could share this. So here's, I just wanted to show you, like, here's something she said. Love it. Love it. How, what, what, how do you see being the benefit of outsourcing your follow-up so that what, what's in it what, what would be like a pain point that I should be talking about that I haven't mentioned so far? Well, if they were going to follow up and if they had a proven follow-up system and the person to do it, then they would already be doing it because there's so much money in the, in the, 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 the money is in the follow-up, right? So if, if you already have it, then you would already be doing it. So if you don't have it, then then you need to go with a team that has the proven method and the results like yours. Um, the other thing I would ask is, you know, there, there, we talked about this earlier also, like it's so much harder to sell your own stuff, but your team has no attachment. They don't, you know, like they, they are just, they're selling a proven product. So they're not feeling like they have to sell themselves in any way. Yeah. Right. And they, because it's a proven product, they can more easily speak to that, to the other people. They become an extension of the team and it often makes it easier and it takes it off that entrepreneur's or business owner's plate. For sure. For sure. Love it. Love it.
That was great. That was a great coaching moment. Cool. That was fun. That was, that was, that was fun. So talking about the benefits and asking questions. So the, the idea, what I, what I learned here was to ask questions that would highlight the benefits and, and laying out the benefits by asking questions versus being like, I'm awesome. I'm the best. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise we're going to be the best. Pay me. <laughs> right? That's probably not going to work. Huh. And it's so much, and, it, and, it, and it, you would probably be a lot more confident by asking questions versus just trying to lay out facts and talk about how awesome you are and, and how they should pay you to take care of them. When you ask questions, you're in control of the conversation. 100%. When you're just telling, you're not. And so when you ask questions, you're guiding the conversation to, I think of it like a labyrinth and there's all these different paths to get from where you are to the other side. And in your mind, you have now uncovered what that other side is for them. And now you see the path and now you have to help them get there. And I find that the best way to help them get there is to ask questions because then they have to think. And then they have to come up with those answers versus you just telling them, here's the path. And then they're going to be like, well, let me try this other path. And let me try this other path. And there's like 600 different paths to get to the end. But what they don't know is many of them have those blocks, right? They're like, it's like a maze, right? And so you know the shortest path. But your job is really to use communication tools to ask so that they can get there themselves. For sure, for sure, for sure. So, so the idea was to think about the path to go from here to there, from being a prospect to being a buyer and you helping them fix their issue and the challenge or the problems that they're experiencing and what's it going to take to go from here to there and, and the rest of it. So which, which is a great segue to my next question, uh, which is how do we prepare for a sales call? <laughs> So your energy on a sales call is everything. Okay. I will sometimes um, drum or sing or dance or just like get moving, get some energy, get stuff like the stuck stuff out of my body. I know that sounds a little like woo, but the truth is that how you show up is going to per be portrayed, whether it's on Zoom or on a phone call, they can hear it, they can feel it, they can see it. And so that piece of it, which most people don't talk about because they're going to say, okay, um, prepare in terms of them, read everything you can, see what they've been up to on social media, um, check out their LinkedIn, make sure, check out their website. Yeah, all of those are like known kind of things, right? You shouldn't get on a sales call if you don't know about them. But in addition to that, you have to prepare yourself. And here's the key thing. If the sales call doesn't go well and you have a bunch of sales calls lined up, then it can easily be a domino effect. So when I was selling Cutco knives, um, I would have to call my boss after every sales call. And I'm like, why do we have to keep checking in? Like, I'm like a 1099, like promise I'm going to the next one. I told you I'd be going to. And, and one day I didn't sell the eight piece block that I always went into. Like I wanted to sell that eight piece block eight piece block every time. 
And I was pretty disappointed because I thought I was going to sell it to this family. And I got out of the, the meeting and I called my boss, Dave, and I said, okay, Dave, um, I didn't sell the block. He's like, okay, well, what happened? And I said, well, they already had knives. They didn't, you know, they didn't want to spend the money right now. They bought an ice cream scooper and they gave me three referrals. And he's like, okay. And you're still upset. I'm like, yeah, I didn't sell the, I didn't sell the eight piece. I was really upset. He said, you need to move that energy. How are you going to do it? Here's three options. And I chose option C, which was to run around the block three times. I ran around the, and then I had to come back. I ran around the block three times and I got it out of me. It's like kind of like a dog. You know, when a dog shakes, shakes it off. We don't do that as humans. When a kid has a temper tantrum, they're shaking it off. It's the same thing. So when we just let a failed sale or a failed call eat us up inside, it's very easy to have that impact the next call and then the next call and then the next call. That's what I mean by the domino effect, like the whole thing's falling down. So if one doesn't go well, you have to do the reset button on your energy. That might that means different things to different people. Um, and at different points in my life, it's meant different things to me, how I reset, but you need to know what your reset button is. Hmm. That, uh, so I've seen people selling Cutco knives at Costco here in Calgary. And sometimes I see a person standing behind that bar. I'm like, I am buying nothing from that person because <laughs> they're, they're just like, they're not inviting. The energy is mm. just down and dead. I'm like, they're, I'm like I, I can't talk to this person. Right. Right. So it makes a huge difference. And like, what, so, so, okay, let me ask this question. There's, there's the dead energy. And then there's this, the, uh, the excited, too excited energy. There's like, Hey, you want to buy a knife? You want to buy a knife? And you're, you're all also running away. How do you balance your energy? That is inviting, that is nice, and makes people want to do business with you. I think about it as um, someone's coming into your home for dinner. You're not going to be like, oh, my God, you've arrived. Thank you so much. It's like too much, right? Yeah. But you're going to welcome them in. And you're not going to be like, oh, you're here for dinner, right? Like, so there's this, There, we all know what that middle ground is. And it's just a matter of practicing it in other areas of your life and then becoming conscious of it so that when you go on a sales call, you are conscious of it. See, it's so natural when people come to our house because the outcome is clear. We want them to have a good time. We want to have a good time with them. We want them to have a good time. We want to enjoy each other's company, whatever it may be, right? That's, that's the outcome. So when you think about a sales call and you think about what do I want the outcome to be? Well, it's not just about selling them. It's about creating a great selling environment. It's about showing up prepared. It's about um, being able to help them after the sale. And so then it's really a matter of honing in and practicing that energy in other areas of your life. Love it. Love it. That energy piece is a big one. Like <clears throat> here's a, here's another fact. I know people who are not the greatest salespeople like in terms of the techniques of selling, but because they have a good energy and good attitude, they're selling all day long. Yeah. I believe it. Right? You know, yeah. um, look, I, look, for example, I know my grandpa, he didn't read a book in his life. 
but that guy was selling all day long and he had a good energy. He, 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 and he, I guess he, he got it through practice. What's your take on that? Can you, can we learn sales through reading? Um, you can learn sales strategy through reading and okay. reading is the right information can be very effective, mm -hmm. but it's like learning to swim. You can't learn to swim by reading a book. Okay. You actually have to jump in the pool. Okay. It's the same thing with sales. You can't just read a book. It can supplement yeah. it, right? I can know, okay, when I get into the pool, I'm going to go like this, or I'm going to do the doggy paddle to stay above. Like I can read those concepts, but it's not until I actually get in. And it's the same thing with sales. It's not until you actually get in the arena and begin to try and sell things to see what works and what doesn't work. 100%. We cannot read our way to success. Like we have to practice. <laughs> and speaking right. of, Speaking of confidence, um, it, it, the confidence piece comes out of, okay, so I, th I think there's there's two parts. One is confidence come, coming from knowing the knowledge, like what to do. Yeah, I'm confident I know what to do. But then there's the second piece about confidence that uh, you're like, I need to practice and become really good at it and become confident by practicing. Yeah, so um, positive. Oh, sorry. Did I cut you off? No. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm... Um, positive experiences start with knowing what to do, then putting it into practice. And then the positive experiences create that confidence. So what I alluded to at the beginning, like I just assumed I was good at sales because I had always sold things. Well, if you feel like you've never sold things in your life and now all of a sudden you're finding yourself in sales and how are you going to be good at it? And you're not confident in it because you haven't done it before. Well, I bet you've sold something. Have you sold someone on going on a date with you? Have you sold your parents ever on getting that candy bar? Have you sold someone on giving you more allowance, right? Like we're making sales every single day. It's just a matter of active, activating our brain to recognize that we're making those sales and we have that experience from life. And now um, taking that over into like the sales arena where it's done for a living. For sure. For sure. And you're kind of touching uh, uh, on my theory on why some people hate sales. <laughs> my theory is that that's because we're all salespeople. People are <laughs> selling all day long, whether uh, they are convincing and persuading each other or they're exchanging money. Um, that, that's my theory on why people don't like selling or being sold to some of, some of them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think also people have a hard time sometimes asking for money. Like sometimes people, I have clients that'll come to me and they're like, I'm really good at helping people with life coaching or with their brand, but I just don't want to charge for it because just, I, I hate asking for the money. And it's like people pay, when people pay, they pay attention. And, sure. um, you know, you can give something to someone for free and the odds of them completing it, going through it and utilizing it to the best of their ability are very low because they're not invested literally. And so the minute people pay, they pay attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let Jen, let's say that, uh, we are prepping for, for the, 
for our sales call. We go through the call, have the conversation, ask a bunch of questions, and then we do the presentation and the customer says, this is a great idea. This is a great product. Let me talk to my wife and get back to you. Okay. <laughs> what do we do then? Okay. So here's the thing. Let's analyze this. They didn't say no, but they also didn't say yes yet. And do you want them to transfer the information to their wife where they are going to have to do the job of selling it? Or do you, the master salesperson, want to be able to deliver that information? And so if it were me, I would say, okay, great. That's awesome. I would love for your wife to be involved. Why don't the three of us get on a call? Why don't the three of us meet for coffee? Let's, you know, you don't have to sell her. Why don't all of us connect? And this way, now you can hear what matters to her because it's likely the person trying to sell their spouse isn't going to dig in to understand. They know what's important to them. That doesn't mean they're digging in to understand what's important to their spouse in order to make this decision. And as the salesperson, that's really your job. So it doesn't just happen with spouse, right? It happens like, oh, this is a really great, I have to bring this up at the board meeting and get a whole board of directors involved. And that's where I would say, awesome, when is the meeting? Could I attend and make a short presentation, right? And now you're, you're what, the way I look at it is, if you don't get the sale, figure out how you can get one step closer to the sale. So then I'll be like, no, 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 Jen, I really appreciate it. You don't have to do that. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to chat with them. So then I would play it out with, with you. Like, okay, so how do you think your wife will, um, what, what is your wife hoping for? What's important to her? And I would start to ask you the questions that I would want you to begin to uncover, kind of like I'm training you on how to have that conversation. Like, okay, well, Mustafa, let's, let's play this out for a few minutes. Would that be all right? And most people That's are not going to say no. They're okay, sure. Okay, cool. So, well, what's important to your wife in making this decision? What really matters? What is she going to care the most about? Oh, well, That's she cares about the, the money, the bottom line. The, the, the. Okay. So then we have to come up with a way. How do we frame this to her to show her that the money makes sense? Sure. That's what, what I'm asking them. Yes. Yes. And, and, and maybe they have an answer for it and maybe they don't. And then you brainstorm with them to help them come up with a solution. Like, well, look, you know, if you have this list of leads and you're doing nothing with it and you're about to go invest $6,000 to get more leads, wouldn't it make more sense to show your wife that you could spend half the money and, and, and get, you know, results from what you already have? Oh, okay. And then I would try to think of some sort of um, analogy because I always find that analogies make it easier for people to understand and the right one is not coming to me on the spot right now. I would also, I, I like to think of these things a little bit in advance if I can, but maybe it's like you have all the apples in your kitchen and rather than going out to buy more apples, you make apple pie with the ones that you have. I don't know. That's not quite it, but you know what I mean? Like why waste the ones in your kitchen when you can make the best, most amazing apple pie you've got? You know, yeah, you, can if you already eat. have a pot to cook with. You're not going to buy new stuff because right. you already have it. Right. <laughs> it's just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
there was a there was a uh, there was a analogy i saw someone making he's like when and he said when i was a kid my dad would put some food on on my dish and i was out and i would always ask for more and then he's like my dad would be like why don't you finish that first and then i'll give you more yeah right and so the other thing is like if you haven't worked with what you already have why are you looking for more because you're not gonna you know deal with them anyway Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jen, what if what if this is just a cover up, and the guy uh, that's that's um, he he's just looking for an excuse to get out, right? Well, he doesn't want to say you- no. He's just like, oh, let me talk to my cousin and see what my cousin has to say about my life investment. No. Well, then that so, means two things, right? One, yeah. they're they're not sold on the value, right. which means you didn't do your job to get them to understand the value. And you can take that as a learning lesson for the next person so that you, maybe if you've recorded it, you can go back and watch and try to understand where you've lost them or work with a coach to see, okay, why are they not, where am I? Take responsibility, right? Like don't blame them for not understanding the value. It's your job to help them see it. So where, so if you take the responsibility, like where could you do better? That's number one. And then number two is, wouldn't it be better to get the, if they're really a no, wouldn't it be better to get the no than to spend your time following up with someone who has no intention of ever buying from you? Sure. I love what you said. Don't blame them for not understanding them. It's your job to help them understand and present them in a way that they get it so that they can make a decision. And so yeah. let's say, I guess there's two scenarios. One is when they, I didn't do a good job. And the other one is it's a no. Now, how do we uncover what it is? Like, let's say that I came up with some BS excuse saying, I need to talk to my cousin about my business and uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> So a lot of times that'll come up in the follow-up. You'll be able to decipher it in the follow-up. Or you can ask some more questions like, well, um, what would make the difference between a yes or no? Like, what what do you need to hear from your cousin to know that this is a good decision? Um, or what are you hoping? Sometimes they'll be like, uh, I need I need two weeks. Can you check in with me in two weeks? And I'm like, sure. But what's the difference between now and two weeks from now? Like, I'm just curious what's going to happen between now and two weeks from now that could change your decision. And sometimes it's something real like, well, we're hoping to close on this big deal and that would give us the funding and whatever, whatever. Right. It's like, okay, cool. So what date should we check in? What time? Let's block it out right now. Right. And other times they're stumped. They're like, oh, I'm just avoiding the decision right now. And it becomes very clear that they just are pushing it out so that they don't have to say no. And then it's your job to go back and say, look, like you told, I believe in my heart that we can help you. Of course, you can only say this if you believe it. If you don't believe it, then there's no point. But like, I believe in my heart that we can help you. And I know that having this product is going to make a difference and it's going to save you money decrease your costs, whatever it is that's going to help them win or profit. Um, so that, you know, 
so maybe we could continue the conversation and I could show you more or could I connect you with a client that's just like you that has similar needs and you could hear from them. Right. And that's kind of like you're, you're throwing in the flag, like the Hail Mary, like let's, this is the last, you know, opportunity. For sure. So, so let's say we uncover, yeah, I, I want to do this and that, but sometimes they're like, no, I, I don't want to do it. Right. How do we, how do we react to that? How do, how do we respond and recover when someone gives us a direct no? Yeah, and, and I still know that I can help them, and I still know that they have a problem that I can fix. Okay, so um, if that's the case, then I would keep figure out some sort of way to keep them warm, and that may be through your follow up sequence of like, how do we continue to add value so that when they are ready, you know, they're they'll come to you. Um, you may ask them, like, if they say no, sometimes I, I look at no as not right now. So what can I do between right now, this this point in time where they've said no, and the time in which I think they'll buy? What can I do to help them get there? And oftentimes, it's I mean, I, I just closed a sale. It's a uh, right now it's a, it's a five figure sale, but I, it, it will eventually be a six figure sale. Um, cause we're doing a pilot. I, we just closed the end of last month that I've been working on since April of 2021. Think about that. Okay. That's more than a year that I have been following up with this person. We had like 90 emails, 90 going back and forth. Yeah. I would respond I would respond. I would throw in humor. I mean, most people would have followed up. I would, would have would have stopped following up, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ninety emails, like one thread alone had fifty-four, and there were multiple different threads. And I really believed in my heart that even though they weren't ready at that moment in time, that we could help them. And so I wasn't going to give up. And I told him that. I'm staying on you because I know we can help you. And he's like, okay. I'm like, so, and then, so, every <laughs> sorry. It took like a, a year, year and a half or a year and a few months to close that deal. Mm -hmm. How much time did you put in into those 90 emails? Do you think? Maybe five to 10 minutes and an email. Of, of writing and some of the emails more than others. Sometimes I would think, okay, how do I get back on his radar now and give him something of value right now and show him what we're doing for other companies? Um, so maybe, you know, I, I've um, never 10, thought about hours? that. How much? 10, 15 hours. Oh, minimum. Yeah. Probably yeah. more, to be honest. Probably more. Say In 20 hours. 20, yeah. Yeah. But then now you have a five-figure deal that is going to lead into a six-figure deal. And maybe you're going to get a couple of referrals from them. And you never know how big that deal could actually be. Right. Right. I mean, you know, that's... And, and the five figures, the first figure is not one. You know, like, it's pretty high up. So, like, 
I mean, was it worth those 20 hours? Yes, because of the long-term ability. So finally, instead of saying no, he said, let's do a three-month trial. Cool. A paid trial. Okay, cool. We'll show you what we've got in the next 90 days. Like, we got this. You yeah. know, this is so exciting. Um, and, and that's another way to drop down to someone too. Like, I know you're saying no right now. Okay, cool. Um, well, at least that's how I hear it in my head, even though you're saying no. So um, what about a smaller ask? Like what we were asking for was a 12-month contract. That would have been a six-figure deal. What yeah. he gave us was a three-month contract, right? What, what we agreed to eventually. So what maybe you, you do something to show them the results that you can get them, and not for free, paid, but at a much smaller scale to get your foot in the door. 100%. I actually had that some very similar conversation uh, with a, a with a prospect uh, last week. Uh, first, we're suggesting a six month uh, commitment, and it's like, oh, I'm not sure. Blah 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 blah. We're like, all right, what if we just do three month? I'm like, all right, that's more doable. Let's do it three month because I'm sure we can deliver results in three month. And um, so you make it you make it more doable for them through that conversation. Yes. And the key is exactly what you said. I'm sure I could deliver results in that amount of time. You have for to sure. set yourself up for success. So if you know that it takes at least three months to get results, don't tell them you'll do it for a month because what's the point? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sure. um, I think what you're also doing is lowering their risk. How can you sure. lower their risk to buy so that they can feel comfortable and especially when someone's like butt is on the line, they don't want to make the wrong decision. So they need to feel more comfortable with it. And when you can remove those risks, it makes it much easier for them to buy. For sure, for sure, for sure. Wow, you have shared a ton of gold nuggets. This has been um, a value bomb. It's been great. Thank um, you. How and where can people find out more about you. Yes. So I'm Jen Gittimer on Instagram. I'm Jennifer Gittimer on LinkedIn. Um, you can go to uh, jengittimer.com or jengittimer.com slash make more money and get my free. Um, it's a, it's a free mini course on how to make more money by removing the obstacles that may be preventing you from making that money. For sure. For sure. Yeah, the link is in there. Uh, we uh, uh, the prosperity portal. Uh, go in there, get access to this mini course where you can. Uh, was it? It was a three day course. Yeah, right? it's a it's yeah it's a three it's a it's three lessons delivered one lesson a day over three days. Fantastic, and and she helps you remove your money blocks and uh and uh, make more money and it's free so go there go to jengittimer.com forward slash make more money and get access to this free course now jen can i ask you some personal questions yes of course awesome what's a new thing you have tried recently i've been trying a new serve in tennis <laughs> tennis new serve in tennis. oh you're a tennis player yes i play almost every day and uh, my first serve is really good. 
My second serve is kind of dinky, so I've been trying a spin slice on my second serve. How, how could they be different? I'm trying to figure out. The first so, one and the second one. So my first one's really hard, and like I can ace people with it. It's really good. My second one, I just kind of want to get it in so we don't so we can play out the point, but then they okay. can smash it back to us, right? Because I'm not going as hard. So they can they can hit it hard back. So now I'm trying to learn a second serve that I, I'm, I get confident in after enough practice. Yeah. Um, and which, by the way, means taking out like 250 balls at a time in a basket and just practicing, practicing, practicing. And until I until I'm like, OK, I got this. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. Love it. What are the top two favorite books of all time for you? Think and Grow Rich and um, Dollars Flow Easily to Me. Dollars Flow Easily to Me. Is that a I mindset read, book? It, yeah, and it, I read that book almost every month. And it's a short read, really short read. You could read in like an hour and um, maybe a day, but... Every time I read it, you read, every time you reread something, you get a new, you have a new perspective in life and you pick up different things. And so I find I pick up something different every time. Love it. Love it. Love it. I added, I'm going to add it to my list and I'm going to read it. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, what's one advice that made a massive impact in your life or business? Do something you love. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, who want to make money think that it has to be hard and um, or have some belief that, you know, they have to work like a million hours and be a slave to their job and in order to be successful. And they end up like hating life, essentially, mm -hmm. because their business life is unhappy. And I stayed at my former company for probably a year too long because it was the safe thing to do because I was making good money, right? It was a safe, safe is relative, but safe thing to do. And um, starting a business is riskier, but I knew that I would love it. I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so um, when you do what you love, nothing, no days feel like work. Every day feels like a vacation day. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Jen, if you had a Facebook or a Google ad where everyone on the web around the world could see your message, what would your message be? Ooh. It would be around um, what's the true thing holding you back? from find, creating the time and financial freedom in your business, I can help you uncover it and um, give you the two things that you deserve. Love it. What's the true thing holding you back from financial freedom? Time and financial freedom. Because what people will say is, in order to make a lot of money, I need to work all the time. And then they, have, then they become an entrepreneur and they're making money and they have no time. They don't have time to go to their kid's soccer game or their kid's ballet lesson or whatever it may be. And I find that 
if you become an entrepreneur, you're doing it for not just the money, but the time freedom. And so you get to have both. Since you've been at this for a while, what are maybe one or two things that you usually see or hear people say to answer that question? Uh, they don't believe they can have both. They Or they've come to me after they've gotten a burnout and they now have adrenal fatigue and they've gotten sick from working all the time. And, um, and I help them realize that you can actually create a business around your life instead of creating your life around your business. Wow. And by the way, I didn't start out there. It took me to getting sick and working all the time to actually realize that, you know, and now I take off in the middle of the day to play tennis and I revolve my meetings around the things that I want to do, like going to my stepdaughter's volleyball games and whatever it may be, right? And so I'm incorporating my life into, into the my day. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, we all have to experience that and get there. And then I guess getting support along the way from someone like yourself would make it a lot easier and faster and uh, make the results, uh, you know, much, much more doable, I guess. Jen, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Is there anything you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about before we wrap up? Have fun. Have fun every day. We live in a community that is like a vacation community. So a lot of people who come here are actually coming on vacation and they'll be like, have a great time, have a great week. And I'm like, oh, you too. But like, this is my life every day because I choose it and you can choose it too. Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. Gang, if you're watching or listening, go to jengittimer.com forward slash make more money. All one word, no dash, no hyphens, no spaces, just make more money. So it's jengittimer.com forward slash make more money. Uh, get access to Jen's gift to unblock your uh, your money issues and all the stuff that's stopping you from making more money in sales and growing your business. And do reach out if you need help with sales and uh, everything around your money mindset and the rest of it. Jen is a gem. And as you've seen in the past hours, she shared a lot of golden nuggets from her wisdom and experience. So do reach out, say hi, and uh, see what you guys could do together. You've been listening to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. Thank you for joining us. This was episode 105. And I look forward to seeing you later. Bye now.